Good morning. God's grace, His mercy, and His peace are yours today and always. Amen. Uh, when I was uh, in junior high, middle school, as we call it today, um, I worked on a fruit and vegetable farm. I, I was thinking yesterday if I had shared that with, with you before in a sermon, I feel like I have. But anyway, um, I worked on a fruit and vegetable farm, and I worked with a lot of kids my age, mostly boys. There's some girls too, but uh, we did things like uh, hoeing in the fields and planting and fertilizing and harvesting the fruits and vegetables. Um, I had some fun memories But one summer, I I remember in particular, um, we worked, one of the guys that worked with us, one of the young boys, his name was Benny, and uh, I'll just say this, uh, Benny was was kind of an easy target for jokes and, uh, you know, to be made fun of, and ashamedly, I have to admit, I was part of that sometimes with some of the other boys. Um, He was, he was different than we were in, 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 in different ways. Um, but he also was kind of slow in his work, so when we would be finished with a box of, picking a box of strawberries, he'd be kind of lucky if he was about halfway through, and so we'd, we'd joke around about that. Well, one time the owner of the farm, his name is Rex Mosley, uh, he overheard us joking, and he came over to probably half a dozen of us boys that were joking around about it, and he said, guys, he said, I need to tell you something. And he proceeded to tell us how, yes, even though Benny was, was maybe slower and different, he was one of the most faithful workers he had ever had. And he was more faithful than we were, in fact. And, uh, and even though he was slower, the work that he did was often much better than the work that we were doing. Um, it was very humbling and uh, a learning moment for me that I won't forget. Have you ever had something like that happen before to you? Uh, it's going to happen today in our uh, sermon text. God does it throughout the scriptures, really, using people to teach us something like that, to teach us a lesson, something he wants us to learn. Today he does it through a, a woman and, uh, who had gone to a party where Jesus was at. And, uh, and my prayer for us today, for you and for me, is that through this account that we would learn more about ourselves and more about God and his grace for us. So follow along as I read to you uh, the first few verses of our text. Again, it comes from Luke chapter 7, beginning at, at verse 36, and uh, the words will be up on the screen for you too. I'm going to read through verse 39. When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house, so she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Let's just stop there for a moment. So uh, let's remind ourselves who are the Pharisees. They were the Religious leaders for the Jews of the day, they tried very hard to follow the laws of Moses, and they often, not always, but often they would look down on other people who did not, or at least they didn't think were following them very well. Uh, They were often, again, not always, but often self-righteous, prideful, and many of them did not like Jesus. 
because he hung out with those people who didn't follow the law very well, and, uh, and he taught a message of mercy and grace. Now, who's this particular Pharisee? Uh, we'll find out in the next verse. His name is Simon, but beyond that, we only know what these verses tell us. Um, he, uh, and why did he invite Jesus to his house for a dinner, given what I just said about the Pharisees? Well, uh, given what we're going to find out about him, it's, it's unlikely that he was being loving and friendly. Uh, it's, it's very likely instead that he was maybe trying to find out more about Jesus that the Pharisees could use to trap him, because they often were trying to do that. Um, and it may be, as we saw from the last verse that I read, that uh, a lot of people were calling Jesus a prophet. In fact, Luke chapter 7, prior to this, we see that. And maybe he wanted to see for himself if this man truly was a prophet. Uh, what about the woman? Again, all we really know about her is what we have in these verses. Uh, it says that she lived a sinful life. Now, we don't know exactly what that means, but very likely what it was was that she was what we would call in our day today a prostitute, that she gave her body in intimate ways to other men, to many men, many different men for money. And so in the eyes of the Jews, most of the Jews, and especially the Jewish leaders like the Pharisees, she would be one of those bad people, the sinners as he calls her, that really the outcasts, the people that don't contribute to society, and frankly, if they would just go away, we'd all be better off. But this woman hears about Jesus being at this house, and so she goes. She goes to the party. Um, Now, I have to say, it was not that uncommon for uninvited guests to go to a party. Um, they They would sometimes go and take part in the festivities. But for this particular woman, given her lifestyle... And given the Pharisee, and it was his house, this was very unusual and very unexpected that she would go there. And when she gets there, she does something very unusual. In fact, we would almost say it's a little weird what she does. She, uh, she gets behind Jesus, probably behind Jesus' feet. He's probably reclining at a table with his legs behind him. She gets near his feet, and she begins to weep. And her tears fall on Jesus' feet, and they begin wetting his feet. Uh, She lets her hair down, which that was also very unusual for women to do. But she lets her hair down, and she begins to wipe his feet with uh, her hair and with the tears. She begins kissing them and, and even taking this expensive jar of perfume. That's what that alabaster jar is, and pouring them, pouring it on Jesus' feet. Um... I think, what is, what is going on here? What is she doing? Well, in one sense, she's, she's doing what a host would normally do to someone, to a guest. Uh, they would often wash the guest's feet because their, sand, their feet were dirty from walking around in sandals. Uh, they would often greet guests with a kiss. A host would do that. And they would often, or sometimes even pour oil on their head. It was refreshing and kind of a, a sign of honor and respect for that person. So in our day today, it would be like um, you know, opening the door for your guests when they come over to your house, uh, uh, you know, taking their coat, asking them how they're doing, do they need something to drink, uh, just welcoming them, maybe giving them a hug. It's the normal hostly pleasantries, we would say. Um, however, 
this woman is doing a lot more than just greeting Jesus. She had no doubt heard Jesus talk before. She had no doubt seen Jesus walk around and hang out with the sinners and the outcasts in society. And she had heard him say that no matter who they were and what they had done, that they were forgiven. They were pardoned. And so she knew that she was forgiven. And she knew that to Jesus, she was not an outcast, but she was dearly loved by him. And so in the presence of Jesus, she's just overwhelmed with emotions. <laughs> she, she can't help but for her feelings to come out that are inside of her. And it's probably tears of, uh, some of it was maybe sorrow uh, for past sins and, and kind of this repent, uh, penitential uh, tears of repentance, but probably also tears of joy, just just appreciation and thankfulness for who this person is and how he had changed her life. Again, it just they just burst out. She couldn't help it. Nothing was going to stop her from sharing her appreciation and thankfulness for this person, Jesus, and what he had done. <clears throat> now, Simon, he doesn't see that at all. <laughs> In fact, he's offended. He's offended that she would come into his house, and he's offended that she would do what she's doing to Jesus. And he's also offended at Jesus, that Jesus allows her to do it in front of everybody. <clears throat> and so he says, as our, as our verses say, if this man were a prophet, he would know who's touching him and that she's a sinner. And in other words, if, if he really knew who she was, he would kick her out. He would kick her to the curb. She wouldn't even be in this house. <clears throat> but what was happening... And what this woman was really doing was exposing Simon's ingratitude and his unbelief. And so let's, let's watch as Jesus points that out. So our next verses, starting with verse 40, uh, Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two people owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of both. Now which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt, forgiven. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. So again, let's stop there for a second. Um, Jesus didn't, maybe didn't hear this guy's words, but he could see into his heart. And Jesus loved Simon too much to let him just stay in his ungratitude, his ungratefulness, and his unbelief. And so he, he tells him a story about two men that both had debts, and they owed it to a certain moneylender. One of them, the debt was ten times the other one, but the moneylender forgave them both. He canceled them both and let them go free. And so Jesus says, who, who of these is going to love him more? And Simon correctly says, well, the, the one who had the bigger debt, I suppose. So Simon got it right. He understood the point of what the story, but he didn't realize was that Jesus was telling it about him and about the woman. So Jesus goes on and has to explain it to him. So let's look at our, 
our next verses, uh, starting with verse 44. Jesus then turned, he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. So with these words, Jesus goes straight for Simon's heart. And he exposes Simon's uh, his ingratitude his shabby appreciation for who Jesus is and what he's doing, and his lack of love for Jesus. In fact, Jesus says, you know, you you didn't even treat me like a host should treat a guest. You didn't even do those normal things. And why? Why was Simon like that? It's because he's the lesser debtor in the parable. In other words, relatively, comparatively, he had less to be forgiven for than the woman, or at least he thought he did. So he felt like he had little, if anything, to be forgiven of. And so he showed little, if any, appreciation for this person, Jesus. Through, uh, through these words of Jesus and through this story, Jesus also exposes our ingratitude, our lack of thankfulness and appreciation for what Jesus has done. Jesus to us also says, do you see this woman? And we often show our lack of appreciation and ingratitude in some of the same ways that Simon did. Let me explain Jesus' grace and his forgiveness and his mercy extends to all people. But yet often, we look at the sinners around us with contempt. And we very much struggle to show them love and forgiveness. We, like Simon, struggle welcoming people that have a little bit different lifestyle than we do. And we might be a little bit um, upset if they actually walked through our doors or came to our gatherings or hung out with us. And we, like Simon, also often judge a person and condemn a person without ever knowing their heart. And finally, we we often, like Simon, don't treat Jesus as the honored guest that he is in every moment, in every activity, in every event of our life. Why do you think we do that? It's because we're like Simon in that we don't realize that we're in the parable too. And that we may be the lesser of the debtors, 
But we still owe a debt. (laughs) We're still a debtor. And we have a debt that we cannot pay. Did you get that in the parable? Yes, one of them had ten times more than the other one, but they both had a debt that they could not pay. You have a debt that you cannot pay to God. I have a debt that I cannot pay to God. It's a lifetime worth of sin. It's a mountain of sin. And there's nothing I can do about it to save myself, to cancel it. And because of that, because I don't recognize that, I, like Simon, often feel like I have maybe little or if anything to be forgiven of, at least compared to other people. So we have lack of appreciation and lack of gratitude, ingratitude, and even lack of love for our Savior. Now, God could rightfully demand that we pay back that debt. (laughs) And he could cast each of us out of his presence forever to pay for that debt. But he loves you too much to do that. He loved Simon too much to do that. So he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to take our debt and pay it. It wasn't his debt at all, but he took our debt and paid it in full. He deserved all the appreciation of the universe, but most of his life he never got it. This was just a small glimpse of appreciation that he experienced. Most of the time, mm -mm, nothing. And he endured all of that. He resisted temptation, and he took it all to the cross for you and for me. And he entered God's courtroom, and he said, Debt paid for, canceled, you're free to go. (laughs) Isn't that great? The woman in the parable, she she understood this amazing truth. (laughs) She got it, we would say. She knew that she had a mountain worth of debt to to pay to God, and there was no way she could pay for it, but that God paid it for her, that Jesus paid the debt for her. So she couldn't help but show her appreciation for him. And she didn't care what anybody thought. She didn't care what uh, the, the Pharisee thought about her going into his house. She didn't care that she might be scorned for what she was doing. She had to let out what was inside of her because of what Jesus had done for her. She had to show her appreciation for Jesus, for Jesus Christ. And so Jesus honors her and he holds her up with the same words that he exposed Simon and us. He holds her up as someone who really shows appreciation, true appreciation for who Jesus is. Not a show for anybody else, just for an audience of one, just Jesus Christ. And so he affirms in her heart what she understood in her heart in the next verses. So look at verses uh, 48 to 50. Then Jesus said to her, Your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say among themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. 
She understood it in her heart, but she needed to hear it again, just like we do, right? We hear it, but we need to hear it again that our sins are forgiven. He once again lifted the burden. He freed her from her guilt, and he reminded her of the peace that she enjoyed because of what he had done for her, her peace with God. He honored her, and he held her up. Now, when we, when we see this, and when we, when, we, when we look at this, when we read this account, we can't help but be envious of that woman. <laughs> I mean, she, she's so fearless. She's so bold. She's so out there with what she does. And we think, I want to be thankful like that. I want to show my appreciation for Jesus like that. Well, here's the good news. <laughs> the gospel gives you a heart like this woman had. That's what the gospel does. The good news that Jesus paid the debt that you cannot pay creates in you and transforms your heart into a heart that's full of thankfulness, a heart that's full of appreciation. It's very freeing. It's very liberating. One, because it frees you from thinking, I got to earn God's favor by what I do. It also frees you from from worrying about what anybody might think around you about what you're doing. A heart changed by the gospel doesn't even ask the question, why be good if I'll be forgiven? A heart that's transformed by the gospel says, why be anything but good since I'm forgiven? (laughs) A heart transformed by the gospel plays for an audience of one. A heart transformed by the gospel says nothing is too good, nothing is too big that I could do for Jesus because of what he's done for me, no matter how weird it may look to anybody else. And that can come out in a variety of ways. For the woman, it came out in a very lavish, a very fearless, a very uh, expensive way. But it doesn't have to. Do you remember the the account of the widow's mite? Right? She came with a very small amount of money, but in the same way that Jesus does in this story, he holds her up. He honors her, not because of what she gave, but because of what was behind it, because of the thankfulness and appreciation in her heart. So it doesn't matter what you do, even just coming to church on Sunday, (laughs) going to Bible class, going to a connect group, being a connect group leader, mowing the lawn, Digging some holes so that we can put posts up and put a canopy over our Hannah's World play area. Whatever it is, as long as it's done, when it's done out of a heart of appreciation and thanks for what Jesus has done, it's incredible and it's awesome and it's weird. I remember Cindy and I years ago, um, we were a young couple and we were trying to get back going to church regularly and we were talking to a friend of hers that she worked with, and she asked us to do something on Sunday morning. And we said, well, we're, we can do it in the afternoon, but we're going to church in the morning. And she looked at us like, what? Why do you waste your time going to church on Sunday morning? To her, it was weird that we would go to church and spend two hours of our day there, and that we would put an offering in the plate. So yeah, it's going to be weird to people who don't get it. <laughs> So as I close today, my only question for you is, so what's stopping you? (laughs) What's stopping us? I include myself in that. 
Jesus has paid our debt. He's canceled it. We're free to go. Free to live a life of thankfulness and appreciation. So what's stopping us from just doing anything for him? And when we do it, Jesus loves it. Just like he loved it and appreciated it here. And just like Jesus held this woman up and honored her. Jesus will hold you up too. So when you ladies do whatever out of thankfulness to Jesus, Jesus says, do you see this woman? And you guys, when you do stuff, Jesus says, do you see this man? And you young people, you kids, Jesus says, do you see this child singing for me? Jesus, the gospel, gives you a heart filled with appreciation and thanks. So go live it. Amen.